Hey, what's up? This is Jason. I'm excited because this week we're going to be hearing from Jeremy Deloach. He's our worship director. He's also one of our deacons. Can't wait to hear what he has to say. Let's jump right in. Are you excited to be here? All right, I, know, I know it's wet outside, but are you excited to be in the house of God? I can tell you there's absolutely no other place I'd rather be than in the house of God, unless this place was actually at the beach, I would much rather be there. But um, we're going to have a good time this morning. And I really, truly believe that if you come into this place with, an open, with open eyes and an open heart, you can hear God and you can see God move. God has already moved with our praise and worship this morning. And um, it's just awesome, awesome, awesome to be here. So let's have a good time this morning. Today we're going to be talking about the word meekness, the word meek. And, um, you know, it's, it's crazy to think the word meek, you know, for the longest time, um, I thought that meek meant weak. You know, um, actually, today, today's time, the modern English dictionary, it makes it very clear why meekness is associated with, meek, uh, with weakness. Some synonyms that go along with the word meek are tame, Timid, mild, bland, unambitious, weak, spiritless, broken, and even wimpish. I was reading the other day that another word is spineless. To be a meek person, if you're a meek person, you're spineless. Well, let me ask you a question. Of any of those words, how many of them explain the word of Jesus Christ? Absolutely zero. None, not a single word applies to Jesus Christ. Or let's go even further. We're going to go back to the book of Numbers in the Old Testament. It talks about Moses in, um, in the chapter 12. It says, who the Bible claims is very weak, Moses. It says, more so, Moses was weak more so than any other man in earth. Or how about the warrior King David, who was greatly beloved by God? Or Paul, the fearless apostle, who faced his share and more of a dangerous, painful persecution? Not at all. So we're going to break it down. Let's get to the word meekness and understand what it means Let's understand how we can apply it today in this time. Let's go from there. Are you with me? Are you with me? You ready? Let's pray. God, we love you so much. God, right now, I just pray that you just overcome every single person in this room right here. Those that are watching on, on our social media, God, that you just overwhelm them with your blessing. We love you. We praise you. And all of God's people said, amen. Well, I would absolutely hate to break tradition at Center Point Church, and you know your pastor Jason High loves his expensive props. I'm just let you know I'm so glad that the elephant is out of the room. The elephant was stored back there. When it comes out the door, it knocks over guitar stands. I, I promise you, I'm just so glad. But um, I'm gonna keep that tradition going. And uh, so I've decided to get something pretty cool. I've made something that I don't think you're ever gonna forget, even if you want to. So um, give me just one second. Let me uh, let me get this prop real quick. I'm on the same budget as Jason Baugh, so um, this is definitely one of a kind, one of a kind. I wish I could say that I was a, uh, a walking billboard for the word meek, but I'm definitely not. All right, let's get into it. If you've got your Bibles, turn with me to Matthew 5. Matthew 5, when you get there, say, what, what? All right, Jesus has probably given his most important teachings of all time. The Bible calls it the Sermon on the Mount. It's cool. The teaching, the teaching takes place in Galilee, and uh, it's a city called Capernaum. And um, just a side note, if you're new, if you're a new Christian or you haven't opened up that Bible in a while, 
The gospel of Jesus is a great place to start, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And Matthew is just, we're about to break into that. We're going to be at chapter 5, so I just want to let you know it's a good place to start. So you can finish that up when you get home today and this week. But let's start at verse 1, Matthew 5, verse 1. It says, now, when Jesus saw the crowds, he went up on a mountainside and sat down. His disciples came to him, and he began to teach him. So let's stop there. So here's all these people. This is Jesus. It's early on in his ministry. And um, all these people are hearing that there's this man from Nazareth that claims to be the Messiah. So they're, they're gathered around. They're wanting to know exactly what he's going to say. They're anxious to hear what's about to come out of this man's mouth, the Messiah. You know, what would they hear? You know, would, would, would Jesus stand up there and tear down the Pharisees? Or would he go against all of Roman government? Instead, he did a complete 360. He just walked up there with the Beatitudes. It's pretty cool. So verse 3 says, Blessed are the poor in spirit for their kingdom, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. And in verse 12, it says, Rejoice and be glad, because great is your reward in heaven, for in the same way they persecuted prophets who were before you. So the Beatitudes, pretty amazing. So we pretty much kind of understand all all of them. But let's look at this one word, meek. So Matthew 5, it says again, blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. I think this is cool. This is something Jesus was actually echoing from the Old Testament. It comes from Psalms. And David, he was writing, it says right here in verse, uh, chapter 37 and verse 11, it says, but the meek shall inherit the earth. I think it's cool that Jesus is, he's actually fulfilling and even complementing the Jewish law rather than starting a new one. You know, it's really cool. Some uh, <clears throat> There's several things that can come from the Sermon on the Mount, but that you can really sum it up with one word, and that's humble. The word humble. What does humble mean to you? So when I was looking for this, I'll tell you the hardest thing, the side, I'm going to break off for a minute. The side, the hardest thing to, to get is when, when Jason says, hey, man, you're going to preach October 3rd. I'm, I'm cool with that. I love that. But the hardest thing to get is to find the subject you're going to preach on. And it was between meekness and forgiveness. And they kind of go along with the same thing. But there's several things that I've heard on forgiveness. So let's talk about something I really am not sure about. Well, let me tell you, when you start getting into the word, just one word, meek, the commentator list goes on and on and on and on. It's actually overwhelming. But I'm telling you, if, if not a single person gets anything I'm saying today, I know for me personally, it has been absolutely awesome to dive into the word this deep. It's been very cool. But one of the things I saw, and I want to share with you today, it should be up on the screen, <clears throat> and it said, one should pray and fast in humility, not showily. One should be humble in the number of possessions or amount of wealth one has. One should act humbly or meekly and give oneself over to God's power completely. I love that last line right there. It says, one should act humbly or meekly and give oneself over to God's power completely. 
You know, the Sermon on the Mount is said to be Jesus' longest sermon. And Jesus began describing what he wants of his followers, what he wants of us, what he was teaching his disciples, what he was teaching to the crowds, what he's wanting from us. Blessed are the poor. Blessed are the meek. So <clears throat> if you want to truly live for God, you must be ready to say and do what seems odd to the world. And being a meek person in today's society, it seems odd. You know, when somebody confronts you and stands out in front of you, you're a Christian. Oh, you're a Christian. You need to back down. Let's back down. Well, that's, that's not at all what Jesus is saying. You must be willing to give when others take, love when others hate, and help when others abuse. By giving up these things in order to serve others, you will one day receive everything God has in store for you. So in other words, blessed are the meek, for you will inherit the earth. All right, let's have some fun. We're going to take a little test. Pop quiz, test time. Get your number two pencils out. Five points here. You just add these up on your own. So there's uh, only eight questions. Now I want you to ask yourself these questions. So if you pass this test, everybody should have 40 points. So I want you to rate yourself. Five being the most, one being not so good. All right, we'll start with number one. So there's, this, this is eight ways I think meekness is not a weakness. Number one, the meek have self-control. Hmm. So what about it? How much self-control do you have? I'm not really talking about going up to the, to the buffet. I'm, how much self-control? That's more like a willpower thing, but self-control. You know, how do you react when you get to your day at work and things just completely do a 360? It doesn't quite plan. The plan is not there. It's been broken. Or you get a text or an email from your, from your kid's class or something like that. You just, how do you, how, how do you, hold, how do you handle self-control? So everybody should have five points there, right? All right, moving on. Number two, the meek are humble and teachable. When we are humble, we are teachable. When we're teachable, we learn, and learning things shows progress, shows knowledge, it shows skill, and when we learn, we, we learn strength. We learn strength. All right, moving on, number three. The meek are bold. How bold are you? You know, the bold can honestly stand up and testify to what you know to be true. And the, what the truth is, <clears throat> what the truth is, is that God came, he gave for each and every one of you. That's the truth. The gospel is the truth. All right, number four, it says the meek are confident. How confident are we? I love a confident person. A confident person no, admits that they don't know everything, but they are confident in the things that they do know. Confident. All right, so right now we got four questions. Show of hands, who's got 20 points, if you're being honest? That's, that's, that's that was, we got one person in the back. It's got our two. Here we go. All right, we'll see you at the altar after the service. All right, no, I'm just kidding. <clears throat> Number five here, this is, this is awesome, and this is exactly what our pastor is doing right now. You know, he gets up here and he said that we need to serve. But he, he is the first to go and serve. He's not asking us to do something that he's not willing to do. So it says the meek serve others. So we're going to read in John, the book of John, chapter 13. This is Jesus. Is after washing their feet, Jesus put on his robe again and sat down and asked, do you understand what I was doing? 
says, you call me teacher and Lord, and you're right, because that's what I am. And since I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you ought to wash each other's feet. I have given you an example to follow. Do as I have done to you. See, Jesus wasn't washing his disciples' feet because they were dirty or because he was wanting his disciples to be nice to one another. He was doing it to serve. He was teaching them. His goal was to, f- to fulfill his purpose in life so that way he could show others what we're supposed to do as Christians. Number six says, the meek have the spirit with them. You know, as Christians, we all need to strive to have the spirit with us wherever we go and everything that we say. So we know kids. We have kids in our life. We have grandkids in our life. We have great-grandkids in our life. And just the other day, Caden was over at the house. He's my little six-year-old grandson. He's a a stud. He's an absolute stud. And I want to let you know something. Be careful of what you say around him because he will not forget it. He will not forget it. But we're over at the house, we're playing some pool, and Michelle and I got a pool table a couple months ago, and, um, and I'm undefeated in my household. I'm just going to let you know. We've had some friends and some family come over. Now, I have lost to scratching the eight ball, but that doesn't count. That means you didn't beat me. So Austin's like, hey, let's go play some, uh, let's go play some pool. So I'm like, all right, let me go ahead and beat you real quick. So I started this immediately, just trash talking, trash talking. So Caden's over there, he's watching. And uh, Austin beats me the first game. He beats me in the second game. He beats me in the third game. And I'm just like, what is going on? Caden's like, Daddy Jay. I'm like, what? He's like, what's wrong? So I'm getting beat. He goes, that's what you get for trash talking. <laughs> he just called me out right there. He said, that's what you get for trash talking. I wasn't carrying the spirit with him. It was crazy. And I'm like, you know what? You're so smart. And this is my number seven. The meek say, I'm sorry. Caden, I'm sorry, buddy. The meek say I'm sorry, and saying you're sorry and actually meaning it is extreme, extreme signs and strength in character. You know, we can, you know many people that say, okay, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, but it's just a word that we use. It's kind of like saying I love you. But that word means so many different things, and sorry is the same way. You know, when you actually mean it, it shows extreme strength in character. All right, the last one, number eight, says the meek forgive. Mm. the meek forgive. You know, it can be hard to forgive and let it go. It can be extremely hard to forgive when somebody has done you wrong and to let it go. Let's read what Scripture says in Matthew 6, verse 14 and 15. It says, For if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others for their sins, your father will not forgive your sins. Mm. That's deep. That's Jesus talking. It's written in red. For if you don't forgive, then the father will not forgive you of, of, of your sins. So at night, before you go to bed tonight, before you say, God, forgive me of my sins. Before you say that, let's back up. Have we forgiven our neighbor? Have we forgiven our spouse, whatever it is? Before we start asking them, for asking God to forgive us, we need to be asking ourselves, have we forgiven? You know, in other words, forgiveness is not an option. It's a requirement. You know, some of us feel by holding on to unforgiveness that we're actually trying to get to the other person. It's not, it's not good. It's not good. Holding on to unforgiveness is like 
putting poison in your body. It's the opposite of milk. It doesn't do a body good. You know, the slogan should be, instead of milk, it does a body good. It should be meekness, for it does a body good. That was good. Now, I was wanting something out of that, but you didn't give me nothing, so it's okay. I'm working on those uh, different pasture, you know, little things in there, but lots of room to grow for sure. But it takes strength to forgive. You know, it takes strength and character to have self-control. It takes strength to be bold when it's time to be bold. It takes strength to stand in front of your peer and say, I'm sorry. To stand up in front of your wife or your husband and say, I am sorry. And it takes strength to forgive. Let me tell you something. Finding the strength to forgive, this may be the strongest thing you do this year, is to forgive someone that won't even say or acknowledge your forgiveness. Do you know how strong you have to be, how meek you have to be to give forgiveness, knowing you're not going to get anything back? That's the strength. That's not from within here. That's the strength from our Holy Savior. Strength will rise as I wait upon the Lord. Absolutely amazing. You know, I tell you, number one, the meek have self-control. You know, I struggle with self-control. You know, I'll be, be driving down the 386 here, and I've got my Way FM on or whatever it is, jamming some kind of, you know, um, leadership podcast. And I'm like, oh, the Lord is good. Doing my thing. And some moron will come up and cut me off. And then he will tell me that I'm number one, and I didn't even do nothing. So then, right then, all of a sudden, I forget that Way FM's on. And I'm just, I mean, my foot's starting to get heavier. And I'm thanking the Lord that I put that heavy bumper on my truck. But self-control, turn the news on today. How many people lose self-control? I mean, I'm not going to be the one that's going to go out there and ram somebody, although inside I want to. Or if somebody comes up in front of me and says, well, you got something you want to say? Well, I mean, in here or in here, yes, I do have something I want to say. But right here, no, you know what? I'm going to be meek. I'm going to have self-control. I'm going to be bold and actually step away before I have to say I'm sorry, before I have to say and forgive you. I'm going to be bold and step away. That's the character that we need to be, be doing right now. You know, instead of fighting evil with evil, fight evil with the strength of the Lord. You know, instead of saying, having the attitude of, I'm about to open up a can of whoop, ask God to open up a can of meekness. You, you, you feel me? I know you do. People out there shaking your heads. You've said worse. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> Being meek does not mean that we take everything lying down. You know, there are times in life where we do need to be bold and where we do need to stand for what's right, for the truth. You know, I think of this guy, and I really don't like talking about him, especially a few years ago, because for four years I couldn't stand him. And he goes by the name of Tim Tebow. And the reason I couldn't stand him is because he played for the Florida Gators. And that has nothing to do with this story. But Tim Tebow is an awesome, awesome individual. Is he perfect? Absolutely not. Does he make mistakes? Absolutely. But Tim Tebow stands. He has the strength. He has the strength to have self-control. He has the strength to be bold. 
He has overcome so much adversity in his life. He is still putting God first in everything that he does. Let's go a little bit further. A lady by the name of, our girl, a young girl, 17 years old by the name of Cassie Bernal. I don't know if you remember her. She was a victim in 1999 at the Columbine, Colorado. Or these couple of goofballs walked in with a gun in their school and started shooting the school up. They confronted her with a gun to her head. Says, do you believe in Jesus? She stood right there before her peers in that library. And she says, absolutely, I believe in my Lord Jesus Christ. And they shot her. With a gun up against her head, they shot her for being bold, making a statement for God. Now that is a horrible story. One of the worst shootings in America. But on that day, Cassie Bernal changed millions of lives. In 1999, I don't know where I was as far as being a Christian in my life. But when I heard that story, I'm like, wow. What kind of strength and character did that take to stand right there knowing that she might get shot, that she would never take another breath? And I was looking at it wrong. I was looking at it wrong. She was bold. She was meek, and she was saying, let me tell you about my Jesus. And she's doing a lot of better, better right now than I will do, or than I'm doing. She's doing a lot better now than, than you're doing because of the boldness that she took. It's absolutely amazing. And I want to read this note straight from this screen because I don't want to mess it up. But it says, how a meek person reacts depends upon what we recognize God's will is for us within the circumstance. Let me read that again. How a meek person reacts depends upon what we recognize God's will is for us within the circumstance. Because the meek person sets their mind on God's purpose and not on their own comfort, not on their ambition or reputation, the meek will offer implacable resistance evil Excuse me. The meek will offer implacable resistance to evil in defense of God and yet react with patience, kindness, and gentleness when others attack them. You know, when you leave here today, you go on about your separate way. Go grab your bite to eat, whatever it is. But you need to ask yourself, how can I in this world today, when we turn on the TV, our neighbors are fighting our neighbors. Our Christians are on TV. Some of our Christians are on TV, and they're doing it in a way that's, honestly, that's just not very appealing. How can you apply meekness to your life? You know, if you're married, in this room, if you're married, how can you apply meekness to your spouse? Are you quick to forgive? Are you quick to say you're sorry and mean it? Um, how can you apply meekness in your workplace? If you're a, a team leader, a boss, an owner, you know, how do you lead your team? How do you apply meekness towards them? When they screw up, do you just give them the kick? 
Or do you love on them and then teach them? The meek are humble and teachable. Teach them. Your friends. There, there are probably people in this room right now that don't talk to each other because of some kind of stupid thing that happened in the past because they won't let go of unforgiveness. They won't let go of it. Just imagine if you were to actually let it go. The, the movie Frozen, the song Let It Go is, is so powerful. I mean, seriously, let it go. Why are you holding on to it? Turn away, slam that door, get on with your life. Let it go. Come on. Unforgive. God tells us that we must forgive, so why are we holding on to it? Another one. How can I apply meekness on social media? Oh, my goodness. I, can't, I don't even do Facebook, but Michelle will say, hey, read this. I'm just like, why? Why even put that on there? I could get behind social media all day and be the, the biggest, most influential th person to give threats, but people are behind that little computer screen, and they're just japping off at the jaw for no reason. You know what? Be meek. Pray for them. Be the meek person. You don't have to respond to everything. How can you apply that? How can you apply meekness and let it go? The song that we're about to sing, we was just singing a few minutes ago. You can apply meekness by telling the story of Jesus Christ. Let me tell about my Jesus. Have faith. Be firm. Be bold in God's word. You know, when somebody uses phrases you don't like, you don't have to sit there in front of your face, oh my gosh, you shouldn't be saying that. You know what? It's like, you know what? I've, I've been watching you or listening to you for a few times. I just want you to know I, I love Jesus Christ. The person that uses the words God and the thing that holds water, I'm not even going to put it together. When they put that together, it appalls me. Because God don't need no damn. He can walk on water. You don't need a damn. He can walk on water. Take a stand. You can do it without showing your behind. You can. Have meekness. Be strong. Have strength. Have character. Let's stand together this morning. Lord Jesus, we just love you so much. God, we thank you for the Beatitudes that you've written, that you've given us. God, it's hard. It is so hard to be a meek person in today's world. But God, when we stop and we give it all to you, when we let it go, we give it all to you, God, we know that you're just going to put that to an end. God, it's up to us to take a stand for you. It's up to us to carry the light into a darkened and broken world. God, because we know that when you're in our life, that you change everything. And how important it is for us to grow together. And God, I just pray that we do carry that light. God, help us to be a meek person. Help us to find meekness so we can move on, so we can lift you up. God, I pray that if there's any 
unforgiveness stories in this room or on social media, wherever it's at. God, I pray that right now they just think about that person. God, they just totally just wipe it away. Maybe they make a phone call today or a text that just says, you know what? I'm sorry. God, we love you. We praise you this morning. We give it all to you. We shine for you. We honor you. Everything we do is for you. For you are for us and not against us. And all of God's people said, amen, amen. We really enjoyed spending some time with you today. If this message impacted you in any way, let us know. We want to hear your story. You can contact us at centerpointtn.com. We can't wait to hear from you.